So I was seeking the Lord for a message this evening, and he gave me four words, which is the title of the sermon I want to deliver before we move into a ministry time. And I believe the Holy Spirit simply said to me these four words as a title, soft heart, hard faith, soft heart, hard faith. What I mean by that, and I want to unpackage a little bit, is that God is looking for people with very soft hearts. Very soft hearts. God can only work with and through people with very soft hearts. But that doesn't mean that we're soft people. Because although he's looking for people with soft hearts, he wants people with hardcore faith. Hard faith. Not soft faith, not wishy-washy faith, but people that are going to take their faith and do something hardcore with it. And so I was thinking about this, soft heart, but hardcore or hard faith, he said to me. And I began to think of characters and situations in the Gospels. And I just want to share them with you to show you and to unpackage this message so that we can understand that God is looking in our hearts for soft-hearted people but a hard faith, hardcore faith, not soft faith, but strong faith. And the woman, or the person that I immediately began to think about when I thought of soft-hearted people was Luke chapter 7, verse 36. Luke 7, verse 36, I'll read it for you. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house, and reclined at the table. And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner, when she learnt that he was reclining at table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment, and standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears, and wiped them with the hair of her head, and kissed his feet and anointed them with ointment. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who's touching him, for she is a sinner. Jesus answering said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, say it, teacher. A certain moneylender had two debtors, one owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he cancelled the debt of both. Now, which one of them will love him more? Simon answered, the one, I suppose, for whom he cancelled the larger debt. And he said to him, you have judged rightly. Then turning towards the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss But from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but he who is forgiven little, loves little. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Then those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. 
go in peace. Now, in this passage, we simply see one of the most soft-hearted people in the Gospels. Yet at the same way, at the same fact that she had a soft heart, she had hardcore faith. Hardcore faith. You see the soft heart, and she is paralleled with the Pharisee who had a hard heart because he did not recognize who Jesus was or what he could do. He did not recognize that he needed his sins forgiven. He was inviting Jesus into his house for some sort of theological discussion. But this woman knew exactly who Jesus was, and she was so touched by Jesus and his ministry that her heart was so soft towards him that she was weeping. She brought expensive ointment to anoint his feet, and she dried the feet with her hair. It's an incredible, I mean, it's an incredible thing to think about today. If, uh, if we saw this happening in the senior minister's office upstairs, um, we'd be calling the stewards. And that's like in 2013. But we're talking about an era where when even Jesus was speaking to a woman by the well, his disciples were like amazed. Why is he even speaking to a woman? You weren't even allowed to address a woman that wasn't your wife without the husband there. So this is, this is not only quite shocking in today's church, but even more so back then. And so what this shows us is not only the soft heart that she had towards Jesus, but also the kind of faith where she was willing to risk ridicule, willing to risk misunderstanding, willing to go into a Pharisee's house that she wasn't allowed in. This was a prostitute that had been saved. And can you imagine the looks of disapproval? The looks of disapproval as she came in, everybody not wanting even to touch her because they would become unclean. So in this person, we see a lovely picture of a soft heart, but a hardcore faith, because not many of us would have dared done what she did if we had been from her position. We think of um, someone else with a soft heart in Luke chapter 8, verse 42. And this is, I won't read it, I'm just giving you a reference. But this is, this is the picture of the woman with the issue of blood. As Jesus went, the, well, read a bit, the people pressed around him and there was a woman with a discharge of blood for 12 years and though she'd spent all her living on physicians, she could not be healed by anyone. She came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment. Immediately her discharge of blood ceased and Jesus said, who was it that touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowd surround you and are pressing on you. But Jesus said, Someone has touched me, for I perceive that power has gone out from me. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him and declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And he said to her daughter, Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. We know in uh, the other account of this that she had said to herself 
that if I touch but the hem of his garment, I will be healed. You see, she had a heart that was tender towards the ministry of Christ. Uh, She could have thought of every excuse not to press in to touch the master, but her heart was so soft towards the healing message of Jesus. Peter said, there's many people touching you, but only one had the soft heart that was so soft, so tender, so open to the anointing and power of God, that with her hardcore faith, she pressed in with a soft heart and a hardcore, full-on faith. And when those two things came together, a soft heart and adventurous faith, she was healed. We think of Luke chapter 18, 15, and the little children are being brought to Jesus. And people, the disciples don't like it. Luke chapter 18 and verse 15. Now they were bringing even infants to him that he might touch them. And when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. But Jesus called to them saying, let the children come to me. And do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of, a, of God like a child shall not enter it. We can think of the passages when the disciples were arguing over who was the greatest in the kingdom, and Jesus took a little child and sat that child on his knee and said, if you want to be great in the kingdom of God, you have to become like this little child. And one of the great things about the children that Jesus was talking about is their soft, innocent hearts. Soft, innocent hearts. I was thinking, yesterday um, we had that wonderful day, but uh, we also had some friends come down from Scotland, and uh, uh, they have a a young daughter, and I've known her since she was a child, and every so often they come down to Scotland to visit with us. And so... She was happy to see me. I was happy to see her. I'm like an uncle to her. And I was just looking at her and talking to her and making her laugh with jokes. And I just thought to myself, what a wonderful, open, innocent heart she's got. You know, she was just, just her laughter was just so free. She was just so open as a person. And I thought to myself, this is what Jesus is talking about. It's the freedom of a child. An open heart and an innocent. It, it, it's not been hardened yet, and hopefully never, by life's trials. It's not got to the place where it's got distrust or fear or in a place where it's um, uh, wondering, well, I'm not so sure this works. It was just a soft heart. You know, that's why little children, you tell them Father Christmas exists. Well, I hope you don't, but they do. I remember when Jake, I mean, it's that that time of year, Jake, when he was about, I can't remember, five, five, six, maybe four, five, six, taking him to school, and he says to me, Dad, do you believe in Father Christmas? Well, what am I going to say? Tell him yes, and then tell him about Jesus raised from the dead? I mean, what am I going to do? Father Christmas is real, and Jesus is raised from the dead. When he finds out Father Christmas isn't real, I hope that hasn't <laughs> ruined your evening. When you tell him Father, so I thought, oh, what I'm gonna... so I just turned to him. I said, "Well, Jake, 
what do you think? What do you think? And so he said, well, and then he gave his reasons. And, and I said, well, you know, you, you have to look at the evidence. You have to look at the evidence and, and find out for yourself. And so he gave me, and then I realized that he didn't believe in Father Christmas. And so he said, so, what do, so do you believe it? And I said, no, not really, not really. <laughs> Got in big trouble because he went and started evangelizing the rest of the junior class <laughs> and telling them the reasons why Father Christmas didn't. And thankfully, it was my wife that picked him up. And so she had all the parents saying, your son is going around telling everybody there's no Father Christmas. And they're coming back with all these arguments, not for Father Christmas. So um, and anyway, what, and it, what I'm saying is there's a simplicity of heart there. And, and God wants that. God wants that. In, in our lives. I think of Luke chapter 19 and that wonderful story about Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus. And you notice we've got the woman with a discharge. She was unclean for many, many years, an outcast of society. We've just looked at the woman and the Pharisee. She was a prostitute. Now we've got Zacchaeus, one of the most hated men in the area. These people were not nice people in the society of their day. But you see, the interesting thing is, those that society might think are nasty people are often the ones with the heart that's softest to receive Jesus. You know, Jesus said, I didn't come for the righteous. Why didn't Jesus come for the righteous? Because they were hard-hearted. The Pharisees, um, with a few notable exceptions, the Pharisees were hard-hearted religious people. I mean, the whole of the Sermon on the Mount is talking about having a soft heart and not being like the Pharisees, who were self-righteous, who had hardened hearts towards Jesus. They were the ones that were hard to Jesus. They had hard hearts and no faith at all. But Zacchaeus, I mean, he, there was something going on in his life. He's a tax collector. And he's up a sycamore tree, we see in chapter 19. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up to him and said, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. See, there was something soft in his heart. God sees the heart. We don't always see the heart. And we can make judgments on people's exterior and miss what God is seeing in their hearts. And sometimes some of the toughest people have some of the softest hearts. And some of the so-called softest people on the outside can, some of, can have sometimes the most callous heart towards Jesus. And Zacchaeus, hurry, come down, I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He's gone to be the guest of a man who's a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I've defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he is also a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. I just picked those uh, stories and accounts out of the Gospels. We could pick others. Because you'll find that those that receive from Jesus, and those that Jesus responds to, in fact, those that Jesus seeks, 
have a combination of a very soft heart towards him and a strong, aggressive, hard faith. I mean the word hard faith in a positive way. Do you know what I'm saying? Not it's hard, but hard faith, strong faith, a strong, hard, core faith. This is a combination. It's amazing how people that are soft on the inside can have such strong faith. But people that are hard of heart can be very religious, but usually don't have hardly any faith at all. They have religiosity, but no faith, because faith comes out of relationship. Faith isn't techniques. Faith isn't even principles, although there are principles of faith. But the principles of faith always rest on how soft your heart is towards the Lord. Because faith rests on trust. Trusting the Lord. Now I want to talk, go a little bit deeper before we go into ministry. If we um, go to Matthew, uh, I think I've got it, Matthew 13. Matthew 13. Now, again, I won't read all of this, but Matthew 13 begins with the parable of the sower. And we have a picture of this sower going out to sow, and he's indiscriminately throwing the seed. He's just throwing it. He's not planting it here. He's just throwing the seed. And all the seed is good seed, and all the seed is the same. But it falls on different types of ground. It falls on the path. And the birds come and devour it. Other seeds on the rocky ground, and they didn't have much soil. And immediately, as the seed sprang up, since they had no depth of soil, the sun scorches it, and they had no root, and they withered away. Other seeds fell amongst the thorns, and thorns choked them. But other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, sixty, thirty. And the disciples came to him and said, Why are you teaching us? in parables. Why are you doing this? And he answers why he's doing this. And he says to them in verse 12, well, let's go from verse 11. He answered them, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For to the one who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables. Because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, you'll indeed hear, but never understand, and you'll indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and with their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their ears, hear with their sorry, see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and turn, and I would heal them. What Jesus is basically saying is that there are those that are hard-hearted and those that are soft-hearted. He then goes on to explain the parable of the sower. And in his explanation, the seed is the word of God, but the different types of soils, what do they represent? They represent the hearts of human beings. And so if the heart is soft, then it's good ground. And that soft heart 
receives the word of God and the word of God doesn't just grow but the word of God multiplies and produces hundredfold, sixtyfold, thirtyfold in this heart. But if the heart is hard, then the seed, the same seed that's planted in the soft heart, that there's nothing wrong with the seed. This is not good seed and bad seed. It's soft heart, hearts and hard hearts, types of hard hearts. But that seed that goes on the hard heart does not, cannot penetrate the hard heart. And you say, well, how does that work in practice? What's that like? Well, Jesus has described it. He says they hear, but they just don't understand. They see, but they just don't understand the importance of relevance of what they're seeing. Why? Because their heart's grown dull. They can barely hear. They can barely see. There is a dullness that's come upon them. And this word hardened is used often in the Bible about hard hearts and soft hearts. Ezekiel, for example, promises that Jesus will come and in the new covenant it won't be laws, outward laws. That's what the Pharisees followed. That's what religious people, including religious Christians, they're just dealing with outward laws and moral codes. That is not the message of the gospel outward laws and moral codes, even if those outward laws and moral codes are correct, even if they're the Ten Commandments and everything that comes with them. Those outward codes is not what Jesus came for. The Bible promised that, we would, that we would, he would take out of us the heart of stone and put in us a heart of flesh, a soft heart. And this wasn't external Pharisee laws, but what's going to happen is God's word is going to go inside us and transform us. Transform us. Now, this word, hardened, comes from the Greek word poros, which is a kind of stone, and it means to petrify or callous. And that, when something becomes callous, it means to be thick-skinned or hardened, insensitive, deadened feeling, indifference, emotionally hardened. 1 Timothy 4 verse 2 speaks about people that go after wrong doctrine. It says, 1 Timothy 4 2, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. What does that mean? Well, when we cauterize something or burn something, once the pain stops and the burn begins to heal, it, it can have a thick scar, and what happens is, is it becomes insensitive, because that burn has destroyed all the feeling of that area, and it becomes insensitive. We know that the, the Bible speaks also about Ephesians 4 verse 18, about people that are at present Christ rejectors. It says this, if you're not a Christian here tonight, we pray that you will be by the end of it, but this is your state. You are darkened in your understanding, alienated from the life of God, dead in your sins because of the ignorance that's in you due to your hardness of heart. We know that uh, Matthew, sorry, Hebrews chapter 3 verse 8 speaks even to Christians. Do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. 
on the day of the testing in the wilderness. The whole story of the children of Israel on their journey to the promised land is that they hardened their hearts to God. God revealed himself to them. He gave them revelation, words, and actions. In fact, there's enough of God in this whole world. Do you know the atheist has got a heart of rock? Because you only have to survey the world and creation, even though it is a fallen world and a fallen creation, to see that God is creator. We've been looking at that all week. Hardened hearts. And the children of Israel, you see, your, your heart is either being softened towards God or being hardened towards God today. You don't get to a place where your heart just stays at one level. You are either becoming softer to the Lord or harder to the Lord. There is a softening process going on in your life right now, or there is a hardening process going on in your life now, and you have to be aware what state you are in right now. We know that Pharaoh's heart was hardened to the Lord and got increasingly hardened. The more God revealed himself, the harder that Pharaoh's heart got towards him. Jesus says this about miracles. Do you know that sometimes, this, is, this might sound a bit strange, sometimes God withholds miracles from certain peoples or areas or nations. Sometimes he withholds the miraculous ministry. You say, why would he do that? Out of mercy. Out of mercy. Because he could speak to certain cities and say, woe to you. Because if the miracles that had taken place in these things, uh, sorry, you will be judged because, he's, sorry, he said to some cities, woe to you because you've seen miracles. Because if these miracles had taken place in other Gentile cities, they would have repented by now. But because you have seen these revelations, because you've seen the miraculous or the work of God, you don't just stay neutral. God's work and God's manifestation will either soften, soften your heart or harden it. The preaching of God's word tonight, the preaching of the gospel, no one goes away from the preaching of the gospel neutral. Let me tell you something. There's only one way to be saved under this heaven. God did not send his only begotten son as a good idea amongst other good religious ideas that you could choose that. Or cho there is one way to the Father and it's through his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, who is Lord and Saviour and God of all. Now, those aren't my words. Those are the words of Scripture. And Jesus came, as we can see, Jesus came for, the, for those that society had cast out. He came for the tax gatherers. He came for the prostitutes. He came for anybody who was prepared to soften their hearts to his message. Now, when you preach the gospel, no one goes away the same. They, don't, they either go away saved, closer to the message, or they go away offended, are hardened by the message. It's the work of God. And how you respond to the work of God will determine whether your heart is getting softer or harder. And the problem with the hardening of somebody's internal heart is this, is, is that it's like a vicious cycle. The harder your heart gets, 
the harder you get. The less you hear, the less you hear. The less you see, the less you see. The more insensitive you come, you become to God's Spirit and God's Word, the more insensitive you become to God's Spirit and God's Word. You are not staying the same day by day. People are not staying the same. They are either increasingly being hardened or increasingly being softened by the work of the Spirit and the Word. And so this is why we can be Christians and we can end up becoming very religious. We know all the words on the outside. We know all the hand movements. I'm not speaking about people here tonight. Because I tell you what, you have to have a reasonably soft heart to come out on a Sunday evening. Religious people, if they do go to church, only go on Sunday mornings and only in the mid-morning. You hear what I'm telling you? This is truth. This is truth. The fact that you're here in a Holy Spirit ministry meeting says something about you. It says something about your heart that you're here today. And so we're talking about the fact that the problem is, is Jesus is saying is, it's like when he healed the man, Born, uh, healed the man born blind, born blind, never seen a flower, never seen anything, healed miraculously. And the Pharisees weren't interested in this wonderful miracle of grace that had taken place. I mean, they should have been rejoicing. I mean, they should have been rejoicing that this man who had never seen the light of day had seen it. They weren't interested in that. They were just interested in the fact that it had happened on the Sabbath. And in the end... He got thrown out of the synagogue by the religious Pharisees because he refused to condemn the man that healed him. And at the end, they said to Jesus, are you saying that we're blind too? And Jesus says, that's your sin, that you think you can see. So the problem with a hard heart is that people actually think that they are normal Thinking correctly, responding correctly. That's why the author of Hebrews says, be careful that you're not having in you a heart that is hardened. But he says, ensure that you are walking in faith. That's what he says. He says in Hebrews, he says, look, the hardening of of heart means that your faith levels drop. So the harder your heart is towards God, the colder you become, the more insensitive you become to God's word and and, and God's, God's way, the harder you become, the less effective is your faith. But the softer your heart, the more your faith is vibrant, bold, and strong. Now, we think about people with soft hearts and hard faiths, and we mentioned a few. Here's a few others. The centurion. Do you remember the centurion, a God-fearing man, and how soft his heart was to Jesus? He could have ordered Jesus. He could have said, Jesus, I'm a centurion. I order you to come to my house. And if you don't heal my servant by whatever magic you've got, then I'll put you in prison. He could have ordered him. Or he could have sent one of his many soldiers. And the soldier could have come, I'm here, the centurion has sent me to ask you, or to tell you, or to command you to come and heal his servant. But you see, he had a soft heart, didn't he? Because he he perceived, he heard, not just with his ears about who Jesus was, he heard with his heart. He was soft to the message. And he saw and perceived 
because his heart was soft, who Jesus was. He had the sort of heart that was soft soil. And so we see great humility in him when he comes to Jesus and he says, and Jesus, and he says, my servant is sick unto death. And Jesus says, I'll come with you. And the centurion says, not necessary. Just say the word. I'm a man under authority and give authority. And I know that I have power in my commands. And I know that you, I mean, that, and Jesus was amazed. Jesus was amazed at two people. He was amazed at the centurion, who wasn't a Jewish. He was amazed at his faith. But that faith came from a soft heart towards Jesus. A heart of respect, a heart of honour, a heart that says, I know you can do it. A heart that says, please don't trouble yourself by walking to my house. Just say the word. What a soft heart. But also, what a powerful faith. And Jesus marvelled at that faith. And then the Syrophoenician woman. I mean, Jesus was even rude to her, wasn't he? You know, she comes to him and asks her to heal her daughter. And he says, it's not right to give the children's bread to dogs. In other words, you're a dog. That's pretty tough talk, isn't it? Now, immediately, immediately with a normal person, to have Jesus or a pastor or somebody like that call you a dog when you came genuinely in need because your daughter is really suffering. I mean, how would you like if you had a daughter and you came to see myself and you told me the story and I'll say, no, I'm, I'm not healing dogs today. <laughs> your heart would, and maybe rightfully so, immediately, you'd be offended, wouldn't you? And rightfully so if I said that. You'd be offended. What is offence? It's a hardening of the heart towards somebody. But she had such a soft heart, both to the need of a daughter, but such a soft heart to Jesus that she wasn't offended or distracted by him. It's amazing. You know, people that are quickly offended make a very quick judgment about who you are when you offend them. They're making a judgment. So you find that when people are offended, you think, why are they offended? And, they, and people that get offended so quickly with you, they get offended so quickly with you because they've made a snap judgment. Instead of graciously thinking, you know, is there, there must be some other thing that's going on here. I must have not heard right or I misunderstood. They immediately make a snap judgment. But she didn't because her heart was so soft to Jesus. She's sort of like, I, I think she almost like looked to the floor and just almost whispered and said, well, even the dogs get the crumbs. Jesus marveled at her faith, but it would never, the faith would never have operated if there hadn't been a soft heart in her life. The things that harden our hearts and cause us not to understand what God is doing or saying, not perceiving him, not seeing him at work, not able to hear what he says, indifferent to what God says, these hardening things. Now, we can willfully harden our hearts. Sin, sin hardens our hearts. But also, things can come that aren't necessarily our fault that harden our hearts. Sometimes we get let down by other people. Sometimes we get let down by the church. 
There are thousands of people in London that are Christians but aren't going to church because somebody treated them badly. Badly. Have you ever met a Christian that's been, that, or, or somebody out there, if I can use that word, out there, and you talk about church and their immediate reaction is how badly they were treated and they probably were treated badly. And what's happened? Offence has got into their hearts and that offence has caused their hearts to harden, to harden. Sometimes our hearts can harden when we experience the fa- a fallen world. Do you know everybody dies? Everybody is going to die. And there's sickness in this world and there's fallenness in this world. Uh, I remember uh, um, Lawrence said something, I don't know if it was in his session or when we were talking, about the length of days that humans have. You only have 70, 80, 90 days and how before the flood and there was just a totally different environment on the earth, it was a lot more like a greenhouse and, and people would live for hundreds of years. And I always thought, well, that, that was, that was, those were the good old days when you could live for hundreds of years. That's what I always thought in my mind and how terrible we only get 70, 80, 90, 100 years now, you know, average. And he said to me, he said, well, actually, it could be seen as a mercy that God only gives us a short time on this horrible fallen world. Now, you might say, I don't think the world is horrible and fallen. Well, you haven't taken a big bite of it yet. It'll cut. You'll see. You'll see. Or you're not watching the news. And maybe you've had a nice cotton wool existence. I don't think many people have here in this place tonight, but others haven't. And so if you have not felt the pain of a fallen world, there's plenty of people that can tell you their story. Isn't that right? And the thing is, we have no idea how marvelous and incredible it is in heaven. How wonderful and perfect and glorious with no sin, no sickness, nothing, absolute freedom, no demons, no demonic oppression, nothing. But things can happen on earth. Things can happen. Bad things happen to good people. Things can happen because this nothing works down here. Have you noticed? Nothing works. It's all broken. It's all broken. The only thing that works, or the only thing that works on this earth is the kingdom of God. And when you go through things in earth, you know, we're getting beaten up on a daily basis just by being in this broken world. We're in a battle zone, a war zone. And that can affect you. And wounded people wound people and things that take place and happenings that we don't really understand. We just got to trust God. Well, these things can also harden your hearts to God. And so God is wanting us to be softer and softer to him. To, To be aware when something gets in and begins to harden. There's been a number of occasions in the last couple of years where something has attempted to get into my heart, whether it was a circumstance, a person, an offence, doesn't really matter, you don't need to know that. It could have been any or all of those. But something sought to get into my heart to begin a hardening process, to begin a slow hardening towards God, towards the things of God. And 
these things will happen. And when that happens, you've really got to get to the Holy Spirit. You really do. You really do. You, you need to be healed. You need to recognize what's going on, whether there's a root of bitterness that springs up, whether there's a hardness, whether there's a disappointment or a discouragement that you just haven't got over yet, that's, that's in your heart and is causing you to be hardened to Jesus. Why did this have to happen to me, Lord? Why? You know, that question is not, the, not a wrong question to ask. Why did I go through that? Why did I experience that? Why did that happen to me? Those, those are not illegitimate questions. They are legitimate questions. But what can happen is that question, why, especially if the Lord remains silent. Sometimes I've found that I become closest to the Lord when he's silent. Sometimes, I don't know if you can take this tonight, sometimes it's in the place of pain, silence, when God's quiet, and you feel alone, that actually you're closest to God. You know what I'm talking to you about? When you strip down, and you're saying, Lord, why? And he's not answering, and there's no feelings, and you're just there, raw. Do you know what I'm saying? You're hurting and you're raw and you don't understand. And, you know, sometimes he visits with great comfort, but sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he allows you. But that's, if you can take this, that's when he's closest. I can't, I can, I can't explain it, but if you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. That's when he's closest. It's like that wonderful... Uh, picture, poem that you get, bookmarks, very famous, footsteps, and the whole sort of poem and picture is that, that there you are with the Lord, and he, he's, you're looking back on your life, and, and there's your footprints, and there's the Lord's footprints walking together, then every so often, the Lord's footprints in your life disappear, and you're by yourself. And then his footprints come again. And in this like, little story, this little parable, every time, well, every time there's only one set of footprints, it's during the difficult time, the hard time, when you needed him most. And we often assume that that, you know, we often assume, as I've said, that and we go, Lord, where were you? Where were you? In the hard times, I didn't see your footprints. There's only... My footprints, only one pair of footprints whenever I needed you. And in the story, the Lord turns and says, <laughs> they're not your footprints, they're mine. I was carrying you. Amen. I was carrying you. Amen. But sometimes the way that God carries, yes, he was. But sometimes the way that God carries us is extremely deep. It's deeper than feelings. Sometimes it's in the pain and the feeling of abandonment that God is closest. And in that stillness, when everything is stripped down, all of a sudden, it's a man before his God. It's a woman before her God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so sometimes when, you, when you're going through this process, when something's got in your heart, when you feel that hardening to God, or when you feel that distancing, you've got to go before him and you've just got to like, 
Just let it out. You, you, just like the psalmist, you just say, God, I don't understand what's going on here. And if he doesn't answer, it's often because he's allowing it to come out. There's a process going on. I found that when God, and sometimes God does verbally answer you in, in your pain. Sometimes he comes with a great presence. He can do, you know, there's many ways that he works. But sometimes in the deep work, he doesn't. He allows it to continue to come out because he's doing such a deep work in your life. Is it just me or is so much of charismatic Christianity superficial? Is it just me or is it just feel good? Feel good shots. Everything's all right. You're all right. I'm all right. Positive confession. It's all okay. It doesn't matter. Let's just dance and pretend it's all right and, and go away with a quick fix and no answer to the fallen, broken world before us. No answer. No. God is doing a deepening work in your life. And it's the softening of the heart. And you know, the beautiful thing is, is that when these tests and trials come, and we have these choices of hardening or softening, and sometimes there's a hardening when there needs to be a softening, you know, sometimes, God, my heart's just got, you know, these things happen. I'm sort of trying to tell you. If you've got a hardening in your heart, I'm not accusing you. I'm saying you can be healed and and I believe the Holy Spirit was saying that if I spoke about soft hearts and hard core faith, that he would release a healing into our lives. But, you know, tough things can make your heart softer. I have found in my limited experience that some of the gracest saints that I've met who have such soft hearts have been through some really tough periods. But the tough periods were not victorious. They were victorious over the trials. And they came out not hardened, but softened. We're either going to get hardened by this world, or we're going to go through it with the Holy Spirit and come out softer. I hope in ten years I'm a lot softer than I am right now. Soft to God. Soft to people's needs, but hard in faith, ready to believe, ready to press in. And the thing is, is that I've noticed that in the last few years, the temptations to harden have become multiplied. The disappointments, the discouragements, being let down, this is what's common to people. Pressures. Deferred hope. All these opportunities to get a little bit hard and just to go through the motions. You know what I'm saying? Just to live day by day. This is why people self-medicate. This is why people drink all the time. This is why people do all these different things. Why? They, they can't cope or they say they can't cope with what's happening, so they run to other things to dull the pain. Do you know what? Don't dull the pain. It, Jesus didn't dull the pain when he was on the cross. Face the pain, and that's where the comfort will become. I mean, there is a truism here. No pain, no gain. Now you say, do you know what, Bruce? You're almost saying that 
I should look forward to a trial, and I'm not saying that. Look, trials are going to come. If you think I'm prophesying pain, and I'm not. I'm just being a realist here today, telling you that you're in a fallen, broken world, and sooner or later you're going to face pain. <laughs> sooner or later, you're going to, if not in your life, in somebody that you know, it's going to come. In this world you will have tribulation. But Jesus says, but that's not the end of it, because... I have overcome. It's being real. God is real. We should be real. And God is pouring out on us his Holy Spirit. And you know what? Nobody can conquer a soft heart. There's times when something has happened. I've been really annoyed and offended. Whether I'm right or wrong, doesn't really matter because I'm still... And I thought to myself, am I going to let this situation win in my heart and lose my softness. No, I'm not going to allow it to harden. And what do you do? You take steps not to get hardened. And these are all the principles of the fruit of the Spirit. Patience keeps you soft. Love keeps you soft. Forbearance keeps you soft. Closeness to the Lord keeps you soft. The Word of God has a softening effect on your heart. Prayer keeps you soft. Keeping you soft. And it's so wonderful to be soft of heart. It's so wonderful to have childlike heart towards God. Because when you get hardened, you get too complex, too intellectual, too anxious. And you have to fight to keep your heart soft. Because the enemy is out to offend you. He's out to bring a root of bitterness, anger in you. He's out to, to bring pride in you. He's out to call, cause you to rise up and strike back. The enemy is out to make you assert yourself and any authority that you have to utilize that authority to make people bow their knees to what you want them to do. You hear what I'm saying? The enemy's out to harden you. But God wants soft hearts. Because when if God wants to use you with great authority in the kingdom, you must have a soft heart. You mu it's the prerequisite. A soft heart. And I love, I know I'm going on a bit, I just feel, and I'm going to pray, I feel, I love Jesus' heart. Because it is so soft towards us. And when you see him again, with these people I've mentioned, Zacchaeus and, and the prostitute and the centurion and all these people, he had such a soft heart, so patient. Look at the disciples. I'd have fired them after a week. Seriously. Got on, I could have done, I'd have said, if I was Jesus, which I wasn't, if I was Jesus, I'd say, you're all fired. I can do more without you than I can with you. You're a distraction to my ministry. But again and again and again and again and again, he kept his soft, his soft heart towards them. And only those that hardened their hearts against him did Jesus rebuke. Only those that resisted. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the and what is a humble person? Someone who's trying to keep their heart soft. Someone who's trying to keep their heart soft. And isn't it true when someone comes to you and make mistakes, 
or do something bad or something, and they come to you and they apologize, it does make it better, doesn't it? Why? Because you're saying, look, there's a change in their heart. But how do you feel against somebody that wrongs you or is rude to you? And they're like, well, that's your problem. You've got a problem. Oh, I'm sorry, you were offended. You know, when anybody comes up to you and says they're sorry that you were offended, that's the time I get offended. Because it's like, oh, it's all my problem, is it? You know what I'm saying? Sorry, you were offended. We all know that offense is wrong, and you were offended, I'm sorry for you. It's one of those trick things, isn't it? But you know that when people are... You like people that have soft hearts. So we have to be soft. But I tell you what, people that are haughty, proud, arrogant, dismissive, and there's plenty of those in charismatic ministry today, Trust me, if you don't believe me, trust me. There's plenty of haughty, proud, arrogant people in the charismatic ministry today, sitting on thrones, on platforms. That's what they do, sit on thrones. Jesus came to to serve. And you have churches where pastors sit on thrones. For God's sake, what's going on? The world turned upside down. I am the man of God, and you're not. That type of attitude stinks. And when you meet a haughty person, you just recoil from them, don't you? But do you know, that proud, haughty person, do you know something? They're unaware. They're unaware how, how terrible they are. They actually believe that what they're doing and, and what they're saying and how they treat people, they actually believe it's right. They actually, they're not saying, well, I'm proud and I don't care. They're not saying that. They don't believe that they are. They don't believe that they're hard-hearted. They they don't see it. They can't see it. And the only way they can see it is when they begin to soften their heart to God and his word and say, could there possibly be something in me that needs to be dealt with? Could there, is there a heart, is there some area? God, search me. And try me. Because it's like the man who said, oh, you've got a splinter in your eye. When he had a log in his own. He couldn't. It wasn't that he said, I don't care. He didn't believe he had a log in his eye. He couldn't see it. It's the blinding effect of hardness. This is a very important thing because when we come to the Lord and soften our hearts, we will be healed. Jesus said in the parables, seeing they do not see. They're seeing, but they don't see, but they don't know that they're not seeing. Hearing they do not hear. They're hearing, but they're not really hearing in the heart. Seeing they do not see. Hearing they do not hear. Lest they would perceive and turn and I would heal them. Let's bow our heads in prayer. If we can have the team up. Is there anybody here tonight? And you need to make a confession of faith in Jesus for the first time. You look at your life and maybe your heart's been hard to Jesus and the message of the gospel. And maybe you've been to churches and thought, what a bunch of hypocrites. And you know what? Maybe they were. But... Tonight, 
something is softening your heart to who Jesus is and his message of love to you. And you're one prayer away from being given a new heart, a heart of softness to God. And if that's you, I want to pray for you with every head bowed. If you're saying, tonight, I want my sins forgiven. I want to be like these characters in the New Testament that had soft hearts to Jesus but strong faith. I want to go out of this place with my sins forgiven. I want you to lift your hands right where you are. And we're going to pray for you. Upstairs and downstairs. Anybody else upstairs? You say, tonight's my night at the back. Tonight's my night. My heart's been softened. And I understand that Jesus is my saviour. Is there anyone else? Before I pray. Upstairs here in the balcony. Anyone else? Just lift your hand. Don't be shy of lifting your hand. If your heart's softened enough to be bold with faith, say, yes, I want Jesus tonight. Your sins will be forgiven you and you'll start a new journey with him. Anyone else? Father, I pray for those that have lifted their hands. We pray for them. It's you that's been softening hearts. Holy Spirit, this is what you do. It's one of your main works, Lord. Heart softening. When we turn to you, Lord, you soften us even more. Lord, we come to you and we say, search us in the secret places of our hearts. Where there's been pain, where there's been hurt, we acknowledge it. Where we've been sinned against or where we've sinned against people. Where we've been stumbled and offended by you, God, or by the world and what it's done to us and the the cruel things that have taken place or we feel hard done by. Other people have hurt us. We've hurt ourselves. All the types of things that can begin a hardening work in our hearts. We just bring it to you, Lord, and say, Holy Spirit, let your softening come. Those that lifted your hands, you can put them down now. Holy Spirit, right where you are, just open your hands to the Lord right where you are. This is a holy moment of ministry. Some of you are in deep emotional pain. And I want to say that it's all right. It's all right to feel that pain in your heart. It's all right because the Holy Spirit is here to bring healing through that. He's not forgotten you. You don't have to walk wounded. You don't have to walk wounded. You're not the walking wounded. Although you feel like it, but I'm here to tell you that the Holy Spirit has not forgotten you. And what the devil meant for bad, what the fallen world tried to crush you with, God will turn for good. The bad things that happened in your life, recent or distant, yes, For many of you, they hardened you. They toughened you in a way that's not right for you. But God, through those things, can actually make you a softer person than you'd ever be before. That's how great the Holy Spirit is restoring. The things that have brought pain and hardness in your life, insensitivity, feel burnt out, 
desensitized. You know, I've been there in my life where I've stood there totally desensitized to God's love and the gospel because I felt so distant because of things that had happened. God can heal, bring you out of those things, and cause you to have a wonderful soft heart that will produce a powerful faith. You don't have to work up faith because your soft heart towards the Lord. Receive the healing of God. Invite you Holy Spirit to work strongly in people's hearts right now as they do business before you. They're in their seats, Lord. Where people are hurting, have hurt you, forgive them. Just forgive them, you say, I don't feel like forgiving them. It's not about feelings, it's about a choice. Feelings will come later. Choices are now, you just let it go. You might have to forgive them again tomorrow. Doesn't matter, let it go. God will see your step and meet you in that step. Disappointments, just bring them to the Lord right now. Lord, I'm disappointed. Lord, it didn't work out like I thought it would. Lord, she left me. He left me. Lord, Holy Spirit knows. And He can turn your mourning into dancing. He can turn your pain into something positive. He can turn the difficult things that have happened into the greatest things. I testify, I know some of you could testify, some of the worst things that have happened to me have produced by the Holy Spirit's healing power some of the best ministry that I can give to people. I never in a million years want to go through those again, but never in a million years would I want what God has done in his healing from them to go away. God has got you in his palm of his hand Nothing happens by accident. Job didn't know what was going on in his life. Job didn't understand the enemy as attack and everything went wrong. Everything was so good. Everything went wrong. He didn't understand and he didn't realize everything was still in the hand of God. And it's not over till it's over. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. There's healing after the pain. They're softening after the hardness. There's a cure for the bitterness. God is moving in your life tonight. By the Spirit and the Word, He's challenging you. He's drawing you close. He's softening your heart. He's, he's saying, come. Come to me. Don't stay away, offended, hurt. Come to me. All you that are heavy laden with burdens, and I'll give you healing and I'll give you rest. The Comforter. Father, we release the Comforter amongst us tonight. To work, not just tonight, but right throughout this week. We release the power of God and the working of the Spirit in every life here tonight, watching on television, on, on, on uh, internet. We release a working a working 
I believe that the Holy Spirit, I believe we are releasing a working tonight that will continue for months. We release a working of the Spirit. A working of the Spirit. I release a working and operation of the Spirit in your lives. Not just for tonight, but a working over the days and the weeks and the months. I release by the command of God the Father a working of the Spirit in your heart. A deep, 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 deep healing, softening, working of the Holy Spirit. The divine gardener is coming to the soil of the garden of your heart and he's going to uproot the weeds. He's going to remove the stones. He's going to turn over the soil and dig and turn, get rid of stones. He's going to come to the hard areas of the garden of your heart, hard areas that have been untouched by God. He's going to come and he's going to begin to dig up the hardness, soften it. It's not going to be a hard place in your heart that can't receive the word anymore. But in that area of your life, the word of God seems just to bounce off. It seems that in these areas there's no life and there's no growth. God is going to produce in your heart the conditions of the soil that the seed will now in those areas begin to generate. It's not by accident that my I was adopted as a child and I was adopted by a soil scientist. One of the greatest soil scientists in Britain in the last generation. He adopted me and I was brought up with soil samples on the wall and so pictures of soil or albums of soil. And I used to think as a kid, why was I given a father obsessed with soil? And the Holy Spirit spoke to me a year ago. I didn't even know it till a year ago when I was reading about the soil of his heart and said, I put you in there because just as your father was a soil scientist in the natural, I am raising you up to be a soil analyst and a soil scientist and a farmer of people's hearts in the kingdom of God. So when I release, amen. Not for, and, and that's not for my benefit. So when I'm releasing tonight, and I am releasing tonight, the work of God in the soils of your heart, I was born to do it. I was raised in soil. And I am releasing into the soil of your heart. I am releasing spiritually an anointing in your heart of a softening, healing work of the Holy Spirit and there's going to be soft rain fall on your heart and it's going to be I just see beautiful gardens God is going to produce in your heart your soft soiled heart the soil is going to I mean when God is going to fixing on making a people that are so soft hearted that I tell you the moment the seed touches the soil it'll spring up Oh, I just the Holy Spirit just reminded me of life before the fall. Life before the fall, there was no resistance to growth, no resistance to multiplication on the earth. And the fruitfulness of fruit trees 
I mean, I'm telling you, they were producing fruit, fruit and fruit hour. It, it would take minutes, seconds for new fruit to appear. It wasn't today in a fallen world. You sow a seed and it can take months, years before it produces. That's a fallen world. But in the perfect world, as soon as the seed dropped, it began to produce in an accelerated growth, an accelerated fruitfulness. I speak over your hearts. I speak over your hearts. The anointing of God of restoration, not a fallen heart, but a new heart. And I speak over your heart. Acceleration, acceleration of germination, of fruitfulness of God's work. I release multiplication. Things are going to take place in your heart at a quicker level. Some of you have been laboring in the Lord, patience. And I know there's a patience in the Lord. A laboring in the Lord. But God is going to do things in your heart. Quick healings, fruitfulness. God's word is going to become so alive to you. It's going to birth things in you. The word of God is not going to seem to be void any longer. Some of you, it's like the word of God. When will it come through for me? When will the word of God bear fruit? I prophesy over this house a softening of the heart and an acceleration of fruit-bearing seeds of the Word of God. I prophesy and I release its working in the soils of your heart. I release multiplication. I break the curse of this world in your heart and I release the Holy Spirit. Just receive it right where you are. Just let that be sealed right where you are tonight. Don't let the dark devil rob you of this message by tomorrow. Because this is a release that's going to go over the days, the weeks. Write it in your prophecy book tonight. sing there is none like you during this time just let it rest during this time stewards will be up and down the aisles if you want to give your thanksgiving offering well we'll hand them out during the singing and then at the end when we finish you you can do that so those that have come ready to give a thanksgiving offering we'll be handing those out but we're just going to worship we're going to seal this in our heart in jesus name